4: The day. My bank account might not agree, but hey, that shit on the way. Me and my niggas laying brick on top of brick till we straight. If you the type that play the victim, you can't come in my space. You know this game ain't for the weak, it's hard to carry this weight. I keep my balance through the ups and downs, I'm never gonna break. You feel the purpose in my spirit when you look in my face. Cause this ain't a second I can waste some food on place. Fumble the bag, I still ain't got that disappointment to shake. So now I'm trying to double up on every dollar I make. Money don't buy you happiness, it sure don't take it away. I'm smiling hard as hell, every time I step in the bank. We can't be made. Making reckless moves, cause there's so much at stake. When you got some shit to lose, your decisions gon' change. Cause every action got a consequence. Consider your ways. Hardest thing to do in life is elevate for your pain. I can relate to feeling like your life is stuck in a phase. Giving effort, but results just keep remaining the same. Ask the patience with yourself, shit ain't as bad as you claim. I seen the homeless nigga smile while he standing in rain. It's all about perspective. I'm chilling, catching blessings. And cryptocurrency been busting, and I'm well invested know that if she rockin' me, then she gon' stay protected. Cause even when this shit get hectic, I ain't never stressin'. I'm leisure. I woke up feelin' wealthy today. My bank account might not agree, but hey, that shit on the way. Me and my niggas layin' brick on top of brick till we straight. If you the type that play the victim, you can't come in my space. You know this game ain't for the weak, it's hard to carry this weight. I keep my balance through the ups and downs, I'm never gon' break. You feel the purpose in my spirit when you look in my face. Cause it ain't a second I can waste, I'm puttin' food on place. Meal. Welcome back, everybody. Season four boy. of the Black Wealth
2: Renaissance Podcast. We back and we better kicking it off. Your boy, David Bellard, one-fourth of the Black Wealth Renaissance crew. Kicking it in, checking it live in Houston, Texas. H-Town. With my bros, yes, Jaylen, Jerry, and Kelly. How y'all feeling, brothers?
5: What's good, everybody? What's How y'all doing, what's man? Poppin', what's popping? What's popping, y'all? Man, I'm yeah. feeling great, dog. Three years in this thing, dog. Yeah, this man. has been a while, dog. Hey, man. Season hey, four about to go crazy.
0: <laughs>
2: Hey, man. I'm telling you, it is crazy. It's like, when we started this stuff, who would have thought we would have came this far, right? Like, we was uh, in Jalen in started, mall, back room, recording talking on the phone, on the talking phone, on the phone, phone <laughs> audio all scratchy with the headphones <laughs> and stuff like that. Now, look at us. We got yeah, yeah.
5: <laughs> a win. We did an award and shit. We like We got balls with our name on it and shit. Just been on the stage with Marlon Wayans and <laughs> shit. Damn. Like, damn, dog. Like, it's been great, It's dog. looking up. It's looking up,
2: you know? But... We ain't come here to bragging. We ain't come here to bragging, but We just was welcoming y'all back, man. It's been a minute. We ain't recorded since August, August. of twenty twenty
5: one. So feel, yeah, the show shows kept on rolling, but y'all ain't know we ain't been working. Like <laughs> we've been working, but we ain't been working. It's like the first day
1: of school, man. It feels so
6: good.
5: Feel like but I ain't gonna lie, like if you are a podcaster, this is very necessary, dog. Like sometimes you need to take a break because we was going hard. Like every weekend. Sometimes you got to realign and get some more inspiration and stuff like that. So I'm really excited, like y'all said.
2: Sir, and I'm excited, y'all, for our guest today. If you're watching this, you mm-hmm. can already see it. Uh, <laughs>
5: <laughs> if you're listening, you don't know
2: who we're talking about, but you're about to know, because this woman is amazing, right? So today on the podcast, we have Ms. Nicole Handy. Ms. Nicole is a real estate broker, co-owner of the Braden Real Estate Group, former Oil field. What was your position in the
5: oil Some type of engineer. <laughs> I mean, engineer. She, was like, she, was she was running things. Business. Just no, know she, she was running things. No, she
2: wasn't no engineer. She was running shit. Like Just know she was running three things. Three people in the, in the whole world that could
1: do what she was doing.
5: How do you know that? We do our research. We do our
6: research. What you think we did? We don't want to watch <laughs> a podcast to <laughs> <and> just be <laughs> <laughs> asking.
2: But no, Nicole, we are thankful and grateful to have you on the show. Welcome to the Blackwell Fitness House
5: podcast. Thank
3: you. I'm glad to be here, guys
5: thank you so much
3: really glad to be
5: here so one of the ways we just start (laughs) off every episode is can you just explain who you are for people who are not familiar with you
3: yeah absolutely so he introduced me as a real estate broker i'm actually not oh Oh, no
5: i'm not a real estate broker i'm a
3: Texas realtor. Okay. But I've been doing this for 10 years. Ah, you know, you. I'm actually going to take my broker class on Monday. Okay. Yeah. Good luck. Oh,
6: no. Yeah. Thank I you. you. I know you're going to you
3: gonna pass. Go. It. I know you're going to pass. Well,
2: actually, you already I'm doing, doing it though, basically. Yeah,
3: I mean, don't get me wrong. I feel like I'll definitely have the credentials to be a broker. What happened though is I was going to take my classes prior to COVID. Then COVID just shut wow. the world down. They canceled mm. my classes. And then I just got busy in the real estate world, so I'm finally circling back to it. But anyway, mm-hmm. about me. So Nicole Handy, who is Nicole Handy? <laughs> I am a Houston realtor and brokerage co-owner. So myself and my first cousin, we co-own the Brighton Real Estate Group. We are a family-owned, women-owned, black-owned business.
5: Okay. All right. Let's go, yeah. of oh, Let I love we it. Clutch,
2: <laughs> we got it.
3: So uh, we started in 2019. Mm-hmm. I transitioned out of corporate America. Yeah, I had that fancy title. <laughs> I was working for Shell Oil, the oil company. Okay. But yeah, I had that fancy title. But 2019, I'm just like, yeah, I'm not feeling this anymore. <laughs> I want to do bigger things, mm-hmm. right? I want to have more control of my earning potential. You know, so mm-hmm. I transitioned out of corporate America 2020. My first year as a full-time realtor, I sold 51 houses.
5: Ish, yeah, geez. so I mean,
3: I always, like, been in real estate for 10 years, but it was my, always my part-time, my side hustle. Mm-hmm. So my first year you know, as a full-time realtor, I sold 51 houses. And that's kind of how I made a name for myself in the Houston real estate market. A lot of people are like, who is this girl? She's just an overnight success. But what they don't know is I had been selling real estate for eight,
6: nine years mm-hmm.
3: prior to that. You know what I'm saying? So the grind has been there. Now I just told everybody what I was doing, you know. So story on Brayden Real Estate Group. Brayden is my maiden name.
6: Mm-hmm.
3: My grandparents, Frank and Oscarine Brayden, they actually don't live too far from here. Oh, really? And yeah, they're yeah. still alive, still alive. They gave myself and my cousin, who is the broker of our brokerage, money to go to real estate school. Wow. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. They there said, you know. this is what y'all should be doing we need somebody to protect our assets and yeah, go get your license. So we did that. It was only befitting that Mm -hmm. we start, name the brokerage, Braden Real Estate Group. You know, our slogan is buy, sell, build a legacy. We are very Mm -hmm. deeply rooted in family, building up generational wealth and everything family related. That's Mm -hmm. who we are, right? You know, solidifying your legacy, whatever that is, through real estate, trading, whatever it may be, right? So that's how we came about. We are in Houston and Dallas now. Roughly, we have about 55 agents. Mm -hmm. Started off with me (laughs) being the breadwinner of the brokerage, you know, me, myself, my cousin, and we had two agents that are still with us now, and that has grown from 2019 to 2022 to 55 agents. That's
1: awesome. That's
5: crazy. It's a few things I want to get into that, like, we got to peel back some of these layers. Exponential (laughs) growth. No, that is exponential growth. One of the first things I wanted to get into, as we stated, we did do our research, and uh, I know that your grandparents, they really started off with, gave you guys a leg up. Like you said, they told you to go get your license, Mm -hmm. but I know that they were investors as well. Mm -hmm. So what was that like, learning and seeing that legacy coming up as a child?
3: As a child, I always saw my parents go to work, right? Mm -hmm. My dad was a postal worker. My mom is a nurse. She still, my dad's retired. My mom is a nurse. She still, she works at the VA to this day. My grandparents, I never saw them work for anybody.
6: Mm -hmm. You know,
3: everything they did, every dollar they brought in came from their own businesses through their own works. Right. So growing up as a child, I was very fond of that. Mm -hmm. You know, I was intrigued by that, you know, everything they had. I don't even think my grandparents own credit card. <laughs> I don't think they probably don't have credit, you know. No, seriously. I mean, I know they have credit, but everything they have, they've paid cash for. Mm. You know, their commercial buildings, any land, any property, they've paid cash for. It. They even paid cash for my parents' house when my parents got married and bought my grandparents financed the property. Sheesh. And so my parents, they did a 10 year loan. <laughs> you know, That's and my crazy. parents basically paid them back 10 years. No interest. That
2: that's important. That's, that's a generational wealth again.
3: Exactly, right exactly. Like, right. And so family banking. Yeah, and that house that my grandparents bought for them that they paid them back, they still own that as a rental property to this day, right? But I was intrigued by that. Like I never I'm like, they don't use credit for anything. Like everything they have, they pay cash for. Now honestly, I don't think like that.
2: You know? <laughs> OPM good. Yeah,
3: yeah. OPM, other people's money is what's up, you know, leveraging it. But like to be able to do that. You know what I'm saying? To just to have the freedom to say, yeah, I want it. I don't have to ask anybody for it. I'm going to pull it out of my pocket. I don't have to figure out how I'm going to go get it. You know, like that to me. Yeah, to yeah. me. I'm like, that is financial freedom. Yeah, you that's
6: know? some bullshit Facts. right there. Yeah. Here,
0: really. Facts. Yeah. Just to be able to bankroll a house and then be able to like turn around and do the like a self mortgage through their own family. Like that's crazy. Like what year was this? Do you know like year range? They was. Yeah, about? I, this
3: was. 1985?
0: That's, that's, <laughs> a, I don't know, what nobody doing
3: that, <laughs> no. that's crazy, Hell, like. Wow. Yeah. Even their own property, the house they still live in to this day, now mind you, it was a big house for back in the day mm. when they bought it, with in the...
2: Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore
3: and entertainment hub right at your fingertips.
1: So why wait? Head over to
2: Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.
3: 70, 60, 70. But they built it from the ground up. And what they did is they got some money. They poured Mm the slab. They got some more money. They framed the uh-huh. house. You know what I'm saying? They got some more money. They put the electrical, the plumbing in, all of that. They never had a mortgage, mm-hmm. you know? And so Still the house, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, cash. Like, they built their home with their own money piece by piece. Like, outside of the cars? <laughs> like, I don't even, and to be honest, I don't even know if they pay cash for the cars. Like, I mean, I don't even know if they finance the cars. They're not lavish people. They don't mm-hmm. live lavish right, lifestyles. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I honestly don't even know if they ever had car notes. But I know they never had mortgages or you know had liens on properties and things like that from borrowing money to gain assets and they had a lot of
5: So they started from owning businesses or like they just started through investing How did they come up like this?
3: I never saw this but I know from Mm -hmm. what I understand and what I know my grandmother was a bus driver Mm -hmm. and my grandfather worked at the electric company, Mm -hmm. you know and Apparently, somebody passed and left them some money, and they did right by it. Mm.
5: Yeah. Once again, there's that legacy part, though. and A lot of us don't even have life insurance to do that. Yeah. And that's one of mm. the biggest things we do preach is, like, at least have some life insurance on you. Set your family up, because that's one of the easiest ways to pass down wealth. Just by having life insurance. Absolutely. Everybody got to die. That's right. the
2: easiest way to pass down wealth. You make the payments, they pay out on the policy whenever the
3: it's no excuse not to have life
2: insurance
3: no excuse not to have life insurance even if it's just
5: calling all men in the DFW and surrounding areas join us at the Men's Brunch monthly meetup March 31st at 6pm this month we are focusing on men in tech meet us at the Crown Plaza downtown as we gather with male leaders of the DFW community to network and hear from a panel of men dominating the tech industry You'll be able to hear from successful startup founders and the head of AT&T's automation department. Follow the Men's Brunch for more information and click the link in our show notes to purchase your tickets. See you Thursday, March 31st at 6 p.m.
2: What's up, y'all? This your boy David with Blackwell of on. And I'm here today to tell you guys about Anchor. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the best place to make a podcast. Anchor is a free app that has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone. Anchor also distributes your podcast across all major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. You can also make money on your podcast with Anchor with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you're looking to get started on your own podcast, download the free
3: Anchor app or go to Anchor term policy. You know, when you mm-hmm. get a term policy, Young, what you paying? $25 a month? Yeah, yeah. Like, so like, that's yeah. the $30. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Nikki, I did want to get on this, because I do think, like, the example that your grandpa set was super powerful, right? Seeing that they never have to work for nobody, like, how did that plant that seed in you whenever you were working this corporate job, right? Because you had climbed the ladder at Shell, you were there 11 years. Many people wouldn't want to leave that position to go and mm, do their own
3: thing. So to me it was comfort because mm-hmm. I knew I was getting a paycheck every week. But was it really comfort? You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I will say this, I'm somebody that gets bored very easy. You know, <laughs> okay. I call myself I have like this 5-year itch. Every 5 years I got to do something different or I got to find another job or you know, be in a new role or something like that. So I was coming up on that 5 years, but again, is it truly comfort mm-hmm. to be capped out at your earning potential? You know, to want to have more, want to do more? And you can't because you're confined to this amount of money, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and I got to show up and do what they tell me to do every day. Mm -hmm. And is it truly comfort knowing that tomorrow, if I don't do this, I'm going to be gone? You know, is that truly comfort? You know, if you kind of look at like people say I'm comfortable in corporate America, how truly comfortable are you Mm -hmm. knowing that the fate of your how you feed your family is in the hands of somebody else? Mm
1: -hmm. That's really? you, and you started selling houses while you were working there. So how did you do the work-life balance, having a corporate America job, selling houses, and having a husband or, or gotcha. a
3: kid? So when I got my license, I was a girlfriend. <laughs> you know, <laughs> And having the responsibilities of being a girlfriend versus being a wife and a mom, those are two totally different yeah, responsibilities. I definitely
2: right? believe it. Yeah,
3: yeah, it's two totally different responsibilities. So when I first got my license, it was pretty easy, mm-hmm. right? lunchtime, after work, on weekends. One thing about me, y'all, I didn't did it all. I didn't bartend, worked at <laughs> I would literally, I kid you not, I would get off of work at Shell and walk around the corner to this bar and bartend until 10, 11 o'clock at night. you just a
2: hustler. Just yeah. a hustler. <laughs> okay, hustle, hustle. You know,
3: so I mean, it's not too much I hadn't done work mm-hmm. and I don't mind working. Oh, you yeah. know?
5: Why would you do it? How, because I'm pretty sure they <laughs> pay you well at Shell.
3: I'm, again, like, you know, what is considered well. Back mm-hmm. when I started working, what, my mm-hmm. salary was and that's this was before Shell. I was working at a consulting firm and Shell was my client, mm-hmm. but my salary was $60,500 okay, okay. when I graduated in 2008. And to mm-hmm. be honest, that was a lot of money for uh, fresh out of college, yeah. Yeah. Out of college you yeah. know, Single, single person, yeah. At a time whenever everything was going crazy with the economy. Yeah. Right, right. But compared to my peers, <laughs> that was a lot of money, you mm-hmm. know. So $60,500. Let me put it into perspective. When I got my paycheck, that kind of equated to $1,400 a pay period. Maybe 1600 right?
6: Yeah. Is
3: that really money? Yeah. <laughs> like, You know what I'm mean?
6: uh-huh. saying?
3: <laughs> to me, you know, I'm like, is that really money? And not trying to downplay anybody that makes that. But when you think about everything that's going on, you have, if you're on your own, right, you have rent, mortgage, you have a car payment, you have a lifestyle, you have your student loans, right? So mm-hmm. once you pay all those bills, like, am I really making anything? So bartending was offsetting some of those extra costs I had. I had a lot of student loans. I have a car note and student loans. So let's just be frank. You know, wow. I do. I'm blessed that I was able to go to college, but wow. I have a car note and student loans. And I'm still paying that car note today. And it's a nice car note in my opinion. You know, <laughs> just being frank, it is. It's a nice car note in my opinion. And so because of that, I felt like I was set behind. I stayed at home with my parents till I was 28. I didn't move out the house with my parents until I got married. Hey. I bought my 1st rental property and went back home to live with my parents, right? But yeah. I felt like it's because I was strapped mm-hmm. with my income. So I felt like I had to create the comforts, so to speak, of where I wanted to be. One job wasn't just going to cut it. I've never worked just one job. Mm. Never. You know, I've never relied on one source of income, ever.
2: Having one source of income is too close to having none. Is this You
6: you one
3: foot in and one foot out. You know, you one foot in and one foot out. And that's how I looked at it. So I'm like, hey, got to make something happen. You know, and nothing is beneath me.
2: I love it. I love that mentality. Like, even the fact that you mentioned going back home to live with your parents. That's another thing that like a lot of people don't want to do. I know yeah, whenever facts. we got out sure. of school, we, we
5: just we moved out, yeah, <laughs> we out
0: of
2: our, moved out <laughs> our people <laughs> house because like financially it's a smarter move than trying to, you got these student loan payments, you got all these other things and you're not making that much, right? right. right. Coming out of school, making a smarter move than just trying to be independent right, right. out the gate. And Nikki, I did want to get into more of like your first experience with real estate. I know you mentioned that your grandma got you and your first cousin y'all um license. y'all license uh-huh. and she got y'all into school. But what was your first like dive into real estate?
3: You know what? It's the, my very first rental property that I bought. I had went to this home buyer's workshop and things like that because I wanted mm-hmm. to get into real estate. My parents own rental property, my grandparents own rental property. Just looking at it's them, best that's best what you're best supposed best to do. Best right? Best right. You know, mm-hmm. like really that's what you're supposed to do. I own rental property. So that's what you're supposed to do. Like that's what was in my mind. That's what I'm supposed to do. That's how mm-hmm. I'm going to get out of this rat race. And really, to be honest, I was just looking for a rental property to have enough cash flow to pay my student loans. You know, just being and honest, just real. no real talk. You know, I need to offset these student loans. So I have a lot of them, which is why my child will never have any. Cause I, what it did to me. So I found a home. It was only a few years old, but what happened was it was a foreclosure
5: and oh. you know, most foreclosures are beat up. Around what time was it? Year wise?
3: Oh, maybe eleven. Okay, 29? so it was
5: after the, after the crash. Yeah, 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 definitely I just after started the crash. Kind of shaking. Yeah, 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 definitely
3: after the crash. So I found this house. It was a foreclosure, but this particular foreclosure, the bank had went in and redid everything. Oh. So it was a turnkey. I wanted this property so bad. I paid a thousand dollars over what it was worth. Well, you knew it they better had... than
5: people right now.
2: We're going to talk about this real estate market with you too. Really?
3: They had the house listed for $75,000. I offered 76,000. And at the time, you know, you didn't go over asking in you back then. Right down now, down now it's normal, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I want the property that bad. You know, it's a turnkey rental. All I have to do is get it's the good. key and move a tenant in. Right. So I bought the property put a for rent sign in the front yard, and went back home to live with my parents, right? Went back home to live with my parents. Five years later, a lot had happened in the market. They had built, like, this big mixed-use mega complex and all this stuff. I got my tax bill. It was, like, $60,000 higher, <laughs> The, the, no, the value on the oh, house, yeah. house Oh, house I thought like, that was oh, taxes, yeah. man. i, no, say, I saw, Jesus Right? Yeah, the value of the, <laughs> yeah. of the property had went up like 60, 70,000 in 5 years. That's, no, that's, in 1 year.
1: Oh,
3: Jesus. Yeah, so I'm Jesus. like so in my mind I'm like, okay, this is no longer affordable rental anymore, right? Now all of my cash flow has been ate up with taxes. Yeah. And, you know, you can go down to the county and protest your taxes, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. But you can't protest no $60,000 decrease in value, right? Mm-hmm. And honestly, the value was justifiable. I guess I had been getting away with it. So, like, yep, time to sell this one. You know, that's what you do. Buy low, sell high. I sold a property, made more cash off the sale than I paid for the property. <laughs> And that right That's there was like, yes, this is <laughs> this the is name of the game. It taught me the law. Of, no, since it taught me the law of appreciation. It taught me mm-hmm. about buying in, in appreciating areas, sitting on them and cashing out. And ever since then, I'm like, real estate is where it's at because I never got my license to be a realtor. Mm. I only wanted my license. I mean, when I say be a realtor, I never got you my license get to, sales, to get into selling for other yeah. people. Right. I mm-hmm. only got my license because I wanted to do deals for myself. Right. And I'm like, yes, what am I buying next? You know, but yeah. honestly, that set me up for every other investment in every other thing that I wanted to do, whether it was, you know, having Airbnbs, flipping homes, buying more rentals, you know, whatever it is that uh-huh. really right there set That's me up for a lot of things. And to be as young as I was at that time, had that kind of money in my pocket. You know, I'm like, you know, when you've never seen money like that mm-hmm. before, you've never had a bank account that has six figures in it. And let me tell you this, corporate America would have never had my bank account having six figures in it.
5: You're going to have to work and invest a long time. Uh, Exactly. (laughs) Other
3: than my 401k, maybe, you know, down the line, I would have never had a six-figure bank account just being straight in corporate America. So that's right there. That was my first instance of real estate. And it taught me like, this is where it is. And Mm. this is what I should be doing. And this is how I can control my earning potential.
1: You spoke on buying property in appreciating areas. How do you know... That's a good area to buy. Well, how do you see that, hey, this is going to be five, ten years down the road. This may be a great area to buy in. Do I just look for the Starbucks?
3: Right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what am looking for? The bike
3: you know line? what? You don't look for the Starbucks, but you look for either uh, opportunity for change. <laughs>
6: well,
3: so here's my thing. Here's my take on it. One, you look for a lot of opportunity for change, right? Mm-hmm. But two, I really say you look around and there's nothing there. You know, and that's the areas that you should be buying in. I always tell my clients to this day, they have a hard time getting past. I'm buying a house and it's nothing but dirt and land over there. I'm like, no, that's opportunity
6: mm-hmm.
1: to build. That's you the know number one saying? reason I just bought my house. Exactly. It's because I noticed there's nothing there. They just started building right there and there's nothing there. Exactly.
3: Exactly. And so when you get in before nothing's there, of course, when they continue to build up these communities and things like that. They have to bring in commercial. They have to bring in Mm. the infrastructure to support the area. So they have to bring in commercial. They have to bring in retail. They have to bring in grocery stores. They have to bring in gas stations and continue to build more houses. Right, That's just building up the value, right? So last in actually loses. So I would tell people, even if you are buying your primary residence, that is just as much as an investment as a Mm. quote-unquote investment property. And what people fail to understand, they get so caught up in, I want to have the name investor written across my forehead. <laughs> you know, seriously, they get so caught up in that they fail to realize that you can start out with your primary residence and build up your investment portfolio.
2: But, through Nicole, that. they told me my primary residence is not an asset.
3: Why not? It Does the it grow in value? Rich man told me it's not an asset. <laughs> <laughs> does it grow in value? Yes,
2: yes it
6: does. It does. Yeah. Do
3: you have value in it? You have equity, in in my opinion, is another form of a bank account. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's so many, and I kind of talked about this on another podcast I was on. Millennials and Gen Z, they're getting smarter about how they get their investments, Mm -hmm. right? You know, a lot of people don't know. Well, some people do know, especially if you listen to me, I talk about it all day long. Use FHA loans, which is only 3.5% down, to get you an investment property. Mm -hmm. Not only that, get you a multifamily. You know, mm-hmm. you can get up to four doors using an FHA loan. Furthermore, you can get down payment assistance. Mm-hmm. You can get your investment property with no down payment. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. but everybody, like I said, wants to wear the investor hat and get these LLCs and all of this stuff to, just to say they and pay 20% down mm-hmm. on these properties <laughs> when you can get an investment property for 3.5% down. Could have kept you right.
1: cash right. in your pocket. kept your cash. A- absolutely. And then if but, you find areas that, like, that are new builds, a lot of times they'll help you with your down payment. like. On mine, they helped me with, like, 7%. They just gave it to me. Really? They just gave it to me. Yeah,
3: there's (laughs) location-based grant programs that just, if you buy in a specific location because they want to um, increase home ownership rates Mm -hmm. in these locations, they'll give you free money. You know, I mean, regardless of the location, if you have a certain credit score, you don't make up a certain amount of money, you qualify for a Texas grant program. You know, that's free money, like, you can buy
6: you free then, money on the yeah. table.
3: You can buy a duplex, triplex, a quad using an FHA, FHA loan and with down payment assistance.
0: <laughs> like, but that makes sense though. Like even with what you were saying earlier, like they have to if we're developing an area, if we're trying to draw out businesses, we gotta draw people. Like we gotta right. have people that are gonna patronize these businesses. Folks is gonna go to the gas stations, folks is gonna go to the like the mixed use commercial business and stuff like that. So that makes sense that they would incentivize people to move out there too. So like You just have to be on the lookout for them types of programs. But I did want to ask you about something earlier that you had said that just like maybe just a peek into your mindset. Because you were saying like you can take your primary residence, your first primary residence, turn into an investment. And then like what you did is set you up for like the long run. Right. Absolutely. Take us to like where you were and what you were dealing with mentally, because you just graduated. I just got a good job. I got my first crib. Everybody know I'm doing good, and then I'm about to go live with my people. So tell us, like, was that hard? Was no, that, that
3: didn't bother me. And that you know, didn't bother you? No, and the reason why, though, is because it's what I saw. That's what my family mm.
0: did.
6: Mm. You know,
3: it's a little house on Crest Street when my grandmother and grandfather, when they moved from Louisiana to here, they bought this little house on Crest Street over there on the north side in Trinity Gardens, and they paid $4,000 for this house. Yeah, oh. when I kid you, this house is still a rental house in the family today, and damn near everybody in my family has lived in this house at some point in time, except for me. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously though, you know, that's that's what we did. We leveraged our families, whether that's, you know, stay with our, you know, I watched my aunts and stuff, stay with my grandparents until they, you know, saved up money to where they could be comfortably living on their own. Like we just Mm -hmm. didn't, it wasn't just one of those, you 18, not going to figure it out. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's how we were taught. That's how my grandparents taught us. You might have to live uncomfortable or live awkward to be comfortable later on down the life. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, everybody in my family has lived in this house on Crest Street, paying my grandparents two and three hundred dollars rent. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you get what I'm saying? And they stayed that no, my grandparents never kicked anybody out, but my aunt and her husband, when they first got married, before they got like on their feet, they lived there. Shoot, my cousin, who is the broker of our brokerage. Hell, that was her mom and dad that lived there. She lived there as a baby. Then when she graduated from college, she went back and lived there. You know, and like I said, paying my grandparents 200 and $300 rent. Mm-hmm. That's how we got ahead. You know, my grandparents upped the rent when she got a little boyfriend and moved to me. <laughs> <laughs> as they <laughs> should, As they should, right. But that's how we were taught. Don't mm-hmm. go out and spend all of your money just to have lavish things and mm-hmm. then be broke behind the scenes. Stack up, build up your bank account. You know what I'm saying? get yourself in a comfortable situation, then move on. So I was cool with living with my parents because at the time I didn't have a rent, you know, and I actually quit a job. I mean, I actually did not take a job fresh out of college because it would have put me in a really uncomfortable place financially. Mm -hmm. It was going to be working at Dow chemical, which is in Freeport. So I mean, I would have had to live on the South side just to have a 45 minute commute to work. My parents lived in Houston. If I would have stayed with my parents and took their job, I would have been driving over an hour and a half to work every day. One Mm -hmm. way. So that wasn't gonna work for me. So in order for me to take that job, that process engineering job, I would have had to get my own place, get my car, you know, pay a car, no furniture and everything like that. And again, when you first working, you have a sixty thousand dollar salary that equates to what thirty two hundred dollars a month yeah and you have rent that's eighteen hundred dollars a car note that's three four hundred dollars you know like you you have have to to eat survive for yourself yeah how much so I quit (laughs) I turned the job down because it wouldn't allow me to stay at home with my parents and save up the money.
0: That's That's, real though. Like and that's something that a lot of people don't even talk about like in general as far as like those startup costs and those different things that like if you have those options or you have that option in particular to be able to stay with your people it can help set you up so much better. Set
3: you up so much better. It allowed Thank me to pay. buy my first investment property. Had I been living on my own, there's no way I could have did that.
0: Would have took three checks on the couch. Exactly. Right?
3: <laughs> three, <laughs> three, <laughs> three on the couch. And what? what people we get so caught up in? Like I have a good job. I make a lot of money. Man, you can make a million dollars. You spend nine hundred ninety-nine thousand, you still broke.
2: Yeah, facts. You know? part. So. Breach. That part really quick, Nicole. You mentioned down payment assistance programs. Where can people go to learn more about those?
3: So most lenders that have a license in Texas should be able to tell you about those mm-hmm. programs. It's some mm-hmm. lenders that specialize in them. Some lenders may say they don't do them. Mm-hmm. Of course, reach out to a realtor <laughs> and they should be able to guide you along. But you can also go to tech, go to Google like Texas Down Payment Assistance Programs mm-hmm. and you'll be able to find the websites. T-Shack, this is the acronym, but mm-hmm. T-Shack, T-D-H-A-C-H-C. I get them all mixed up mm-hmm. in my head. But you can go to those websites as well, and um, it'll give you a list of lenders that are certified to um, offer those type of programs as well. So, I mean, the easiest thing to do is Google Texas down payment assistance programs, Mm -hmm. and they will come up, the various programs available will come up and, like I said, give you a list of lenders who are certified
5: to do those loans.
6: Thank you. It was was one of the
5: little nugget that you dropped too. You said you can go ahead and protest your taxes
2: everybody loves mcdonald's fries so yes you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way
1: home um but the bag did feel a little light
5: i feel like that could save people money tell me about that everybody
3: every year should be protesting your taxes right Mm -hmm. okay so essentially what that is every year the county is gonna come out and assess the value of Mm -hmm. your home the county here to make money (laughs) that's how they keep the government going right So um, if you don't agree with the value, you can schedule a hearing to protest that value. Mm -hmm. Um, Typically, you want to come with some type of justification, you know, why Mm -hmm. the value isn't what you say it is. It could be the other homes in my neighborhood comparable to mine aren't this value. My house is not the same caliber as these other homes. My house is not in the same condition. These other homes may be totally remodeled. My house is still older. You know, whatever Mm -hmm. the case may be, my house is original. Whatever the case may be, oh. a lot of times people don't realize this. Sometimes you get at least a little something for the effort, you know, for that's
6: showing sense. up. <laughs> I feel like yeah, yeah. you know
3: what I'm saying, just for showing up, you yeah. know. And there are companies out here too that you can pay to really? protest your taxes every mm. year on your behalf.
5: But I feel like that could help, like with people who are going through communities that's being gentrified. And, you know, sometimes they just get displaced by it. the taxes going up. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's a really dope little nugget yeah. that I heard. and I just was like, what you mean? Because I'm not a homeowner <laughs> yeah. yet.
3: Even if you don't have a real justification, you know what I mean? <laughs> like just, I this said, time. Yeah.
5: Give it effort. Give it effort.
3: You probably would get a little something just for your effort, yeah. you know? But no, yeah, that's I go back and forth with the gentrification because I see the need for it and I see the value. I, in I definitely it, right?
5: see the need for it. Some people hear it as a negative connotation. I just said gentrification is beautification to me.
3: Absolutely. But I also see, to your point, to where you have people like my grandparents that's been in their house for 50 years, Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know, and they have become accustomed to paying a certain amount, property taxes, value, and things like that. So I can not see where it it can hurt the people in the community that have been there for so long. And I wish there was something more that our politicians and lawmakers could do to kind of at least grandfather them Mm -hmm, in, mm -hmm, you know, to a certain
2: can you explain this for me, Nikki? With the homestead exemption,
3: doesn't that lock their property
2: taxes or does it continue to go up?
3: No. So, homestead exemption doesn't lock the property taxes. Mm-hmm. What it does is give you a discount on your property taxes for your primary residence. Mm-hmm. So, you can only have a homestead exemption on one property at a time mm-hmm. and it has to be your primary residence.
6: Gotcha. That's how that yeah, works. Gotcha. Yeah. But it
3: doesn't lock the value. I mean, mm-hmm. just, you know, naturally. Homes appreciate mm-hmm. homes growing value. So you probably will see your tax assessment increase yeah, year yeah, over yeah. year. Right. Mm-hmm. But that homestead exemption basically just gives you a bit of a discount.
0: So I used to work for the flip side of what you was talking about. The people. So, you know, like you said, they had to make money. They were sending me out to go measure the houses. And you know what I'm saying? Hey, you know what I'm saying? Hey, y'all got a pool back there. That's about 30 more dollars on your next tax bill. But saying that to say. I saw a lot of people finesse with that, with the homestead exemption, like in the way that they would use it would be like if they're a family and we own, let's say, five acres of land and you put in, uh, you know, different people move back home, but they having their own space, they might put a mobile home on one acre of the land, specifically parcel that out to that family member, get the homestead exemption. Most of your homestead exemptions are going to be like a fixed amount. It doesn't it's not predicated by the house type or anything like that. So with that being said, it, the value of the exemption was enough to basically, they didn't have no taxes. Like the mobile home didn't reach that threshold. The land didn't reach that threshold. So their taxes was basically zero because they got that exemption. So like just looking into those laws can be worthwhile to like try to finesse you some off your taxes for real, especially if that's hurting you. Let me,
3: hmm. let me tell y'all something. <laughs> if you own a lot of property, you a few cows.
6: Hey, get
3: you a few cows and get your lands on to agriculture land, and that's the lowest taxes you look. Let me tell you, and the rich folks do it too, Thanks. don't let them fool you. Oh, yeah. the rich folks do it too. If Maybe. you go look at my man Deion Sanders, I love Deion Sanders, yeah. I promise you. I love his show. But he used to have a show that came on, and he was out in you know uh-huh. Dallas on acres of land, and it was some cows running around his front yard uh-huh. that was for a reason. Mm-hmm. Smart. You know, that was and for a reason. Agriculture it's exactly. Like, it's
2: agriculture exactly. in general, like, you can save so much money just like, they give so many tax breaks for everything associated with it.
0: Anything over four acres, you can be a uh, farmland in Louisiana.
2: <laughs> <laughs> i
0: tell you. BWR style. You better go get that. I'm trying to tell you for real, because I'll never forget, I seen one dude, and I, like, I, you know how I, you kind of feel like, I, he got some bread. Like, I don't know about how much the man got, but we pulled up to his house he's flying in in his okay. like personal yeah Digital. his personal little small plane he lands he's like walking up the same long street cause we coming out there to like measure his house and stuff we about to make them taxes go <laughs> <laughs> and then, like we come up to this nice wrought iron gate fence like we come up there and in the back he got some goats <laughs> <laughs> what you got these? oh, man, look, you know I got them goats. Yeah, like, but yeah, so like... I
3: mean, the rich folks do it too, They be all the time. They
0: and then he all had the all of that, like, his whole strip, his whole airstrip, all of that, that was, when I went back and looked at it on the map, all oh, that's agricultural land. So you ain't not that grown shit. <laughs> <laughs> but
3: they know the hacks, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's the thing, knowing, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? They know how to get around it, and we get mad, like, ain't paying mm-hmm. no taxes, you know, I'm a hard-working citizen, I'm out here busting my butt, but it took the time mm-hmm. to, learn. Research. To, to learn, and that's know, how they the wealthy, stay they wealthy. Exactly. exactly. They don't spend right. their money. They have a lot of money for a reason because they don't spend well, it, they or don't they like find to pay ways taxes. to.
5: Yeah, they don't.
3: <laughs> 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 but you know, they find ways to decrease their tax liability. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean?
2: so, sure. so, so, I want to yeah. get into your first full time years of realtor because crazy. you went crazy, right? I know you laid the groundwork over ten years, right? You got your license. You started in the field way before. It's not like you were an overnight success. But break it down though, like, how was it selling 51 houses in one year? And th- wasn't the total, I don't want to misquote you, wasn't it, like, $15 million in yeah. sales?
3: Yeah, something like that to that.
2: Jesus.
5: Crazy. <laughs> talk to us about don't don't you, it. Talk to us about it like,
0: Don't you like, like the like little, little, like <laughs> little subtle flakes? <laughs> you know, right, like right, like man. Little it was actually 15.5. Easy 15. No, um, you know, first year stats.
3: (laughs) Well, I mean, first full time stats, right? But no, um, uh, first of all, you know, like I said earlier, I'm not shy to work hard, you Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And like stuff like that does take hard work. But how I kind of got it right, because here's the thing you have to get clients in the door, right? Uh You have to get people in the door. And I tell people this all the time you solve people's problems, Mm. they will come. You know, Preach. you solve their problems, they will come. Like, and I tell everybody now, nobody listens to me. Like we have a ton of, of realtors in the industry, just in general. And that just hop on social media or be like, Hey, look at me. I'm cute. I'm this, I'm that, buy a house for me. It don't work like that. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't work like that. You know, honestly what I started doing. So. How I got the people in the door, right? That's the first Mm -hmm, thing, right? mm -hmm. I got the people in the door is by, I said I was going to get on every platform I could, right? And basically be in everybody's household and basically that's social media, right? Mm -hmm. That's the quickest way to get there. All that door knocking, driving for dollars, you know, cold calling, not my thing. You know, just being frank, not my thing, right? And I wanted to be able to touch a lot of people at one time. So I said, I'm going to use social media to do that. Now, what is my strategy to get them to listen to me? So I started hopping on social media, just giving people free information, Mm -hmm. you know, and it wasn't, hey, look at me. It was, hey, this is how you can get a house with no money down,
6: Mm -hmm. you know,
3: and I ain't gonna lie. I killed it. My first year selling my average sales price was about two hundred fifty thousand dollars, you know, the two hundred fifty thousand dollars a house. That was what I was selling. Affordable housing. Right. Mm -hmm. But I will say this majority of my clients got a home with no money down. A good portion of my clients got checks back at closing, you know. So my strategy was, and my strategy still is today, even with the million dollar clients, is to get you a house with the least amount of money out of pocket as possible. Everybody else is talking about, look at this pretty house. I'm talking, look, let me keep your money in your pocket here's how we're going to do this. We're going to use these grant programs. We're going to use these other incentives to get your closing costs covered, to get your down payment covered. Now you got a house for nothing. You think people ain't going to go tell the next man on the block, I got my $1,000 check back at closing?
6: Yeah, I'm going to tell <laughs> Hey, Y'all going to fuck with me. Go fuck with her, dog. You
3: know, so I mean, honestly, at one point in time, I said, damn, I'm starting to feel like I'm the down payment assistance realtor. You know, but it was cool. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It didn't matter mm-hmm. because I got people in the door With very little money out of pocket, Uh you know, it's strategy down payment assistance was just part of the strategy. There's other Mm -hmm. strategies, you know, associated with other incentives. But, you know, I always hopped on and told them how they can get, you know, come to me and I'll tell you how you can get it. Number one. But number two, you know, I started telling people what I knew and how to protect themselves. You know, and it wasn't just, hey, get an inspection. It was like, hey, get an inspection because this is what's going on. You know, Mm -hmm. I put them there. I let them see my value and my worth through my knowledge and my strategies of how I can get you a home for literally very little money out of pocket. You know, and so I still believe in that to this day. You solve people problems, they will come. Y'all, just being honest, even people, high income earners, not all of them have cash on hand. Mm -hmm. You know, let's just say uh what? A,
5: yeah, let's just let's
3: just use a half a million dollar home, right? Your down payment gonna be three percent. All right, so that's fifteen grand. All right. Your closing cost gonna be another three percent. You need thirty thousand dollars just to buy fifteen a half a million dollar home, right? What if I can get you somebody what if I had a lender or somebody that can get you no money down on a half a million dollar home?
5: Right? I'm taking that. that I'm changes, just it just <laughs> but just every day. <laughs> but just
3: just think about it. Just think about it. Like I kind of explained earlier, I had a good job,
6: mm-hmm. right?
3: But by the time I got paid all my bills, what well, I had a little bit of money to put in my savings account. People live like that every day. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. People live like that every day, 30, 40, $50,000. That's just not money that a lot of people have sitting in the bank. And really it's not because they don't want to, it's because they are surviving. You know,
5: they're just trying to
6: make, it.
3: but they still deserve a, a, a nice home. You know what I'm saying? They still deserve to have nice things for their families and put their families in comfortable situations. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's, that's my angle. Solve people's problems, get people access to resources that they need the most. And so I've always lived by that. I will continue to live by that. I just told all the realtors my secret,
5: <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, but no, it is what it
5: is. You but know? people leave yeah. you. they not even going to yeah. take you.
3: Exactly. And again, that's what you do with it. I got up and I showed up every day and I put my message out there every day. And that's the difference between the good and the great. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are scared to do it, you know, especially us women. I don't think I look cute enough to be in front of I the gotta, camera I got to right have now. my face. Yeah, right? I my I, done. Don't get me wrong. I like to look cute. I like to look nice. I like to get my yeah. hair done, do my makeup and things like yeah. that. But I will get on camera with no lashes, no makeup, you know, anything. Because my message and the value that I bring is more important than any way that I look. People don't buy houses for me because they think I look a certain way. People buy houses for me because of the strategy and the things that I can provide them and the value that I bring to them.
1: So if I'm a new person, I guess, trying to buy a house, what should I expect to have? I understand no money down to get the house, but at the same time, I do have to furnish it and stuff like that. So what should I budget out to try to buy
3: Gotcha. So I always say budget out for the worst case scenario. And then if that don't happen, great, right? You do need money to buy a house. You know, you need, real talk, you need
2: let's money. Get that out now.
5: Yeah, let's get that out now <laughs> about to get it for free.
3: It's nice when you don't have to come out of a lot, but you do need yeah. money to purchase a mm-hmm. home. You know what I'm saying? You need money and credit. You know, you need those two things to purchase a home. But I always say, plan for the worst. Worst case scenario, your down payment is going to be three to five percent, right? Depending on how you do it. Let's just average out to three and a half percent. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so worst case scenario, your down payment is going to be three and a half percent. The average closing cost percentage, if you had to put a percentage wise to it in Houston, it's going to be another 3%, right? That is what you should budget for. Like I said, anything outside of that is great. If we can get you a program, that's great. If we can get you hundred percent financing, that's great. If you can pull the money out your 401k, that's great. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but always plan for the worst because then that way, if you don't have a down payment, that's great. Now you have money to furnish your home. You know, that's now great. you have that cushion for those Maintenance, unexpected maintenance issues that always come up, right? You know, Thanks. you know, you do. So you do need money to buy a home, and I never put it out there that you don't need money to buy a home. You do need money to buy a home. My goal is to let me help you keep your money in your pocket. Love gotcha.
2: it.
5: love it. I know. Oh, I want to go. So, what year was that? Was that twenty nineteen? Your first year? Uh huh. Twenty
3: nineteen. So well, no, no, twenty twenty.
5: Twenty twenty. Yeah, I, I transitioned
3: out. Yeah. So right. I was. Yeah. I got in my groove. Wait, wait, you wait.
5: You know, wait. so you
1: did that in the pandemic. Yeah.
5: And I want yeah, to talk about it, though, <laughs> but we all know what was going on in the housing market was on fire. Oh, yeah. Well. yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: I mean, I think, you know, I did come out in a good time. I did the work, but mm-hmm, I mean, yeah. hey, I couldn't have came out, you know, start doing it. Everybody
2: anyway. was trying to get a house.
3: Yeah. I mean, the interest rates were extremely low. Yeah, you know, yeah. they were under 2%. I mean, historically, they were historically low the before low. they even the, went the, lower. Uh, yeah. You know, so, yeah.
5: So what did that look like seeing that uptick in all the homes like, Because I know we talked about you said you put a thousand over on your house whenever it was like seventy five, right? I heard in people in Dallas they put like ten bands, fifty bands, sixty bands over. It's people like yeah, people coming from California they cashing out on their little ass houses and they're like, I want it, like give me that. So what was that like seeing this type of environment in twenty twenty? For me, it was
3: like adrenaline rush, right? Mm -hmm. Because I'm always like how can I make this happen? Right. And nobody else can. What is my strategy? I promise you, I live by a strategy in life. Like my, it's always, what is my strategy? And so for me, it was like, how can I make sure my clients get it? You know, but for experienced realtors, I think that was kind of the play, right? Like we got this, we know what we're doing. For new realtors, I honestly felt bad for them because not only you coming into one of the most aggressive markets, I have ever seen, right? And if you trying to get over that learning curve in this market, I'm going to get ate alive. just being oh. frank, you know what I'm saying? But let's talk about the consumer, so the buyers, you know what I'm saying? It could be heartbreaking to watch, you know, because you had a lot of buyers that were getting discouraged. You know, they were offer after offer after offer after offer, and nothing was shaking for them. To be honest, asking wasn't good enough a lot of people didn't want to accept FHA loans because they had the mandatory clause associated with their appraisals, mm. so you're like, "Dang, I got the credit, <laughs> I have the income, mm. I have my down payment, and I still can't get a house." Yeah, that's crazy. You know what I'm saying? So for me, it was a lot of mindset shifting for my mm. clients as well, and it's like, "Hey, you might not get your dream home, and I want you to know that's okay." Mm-hmm. because you can never go wrong with owning an appreciating asset. And let's use this home to get you your dream home. Think like with an investment mindset. You're not buying a house. You're buying an investment to set you up for your future. Mm-hmm. And when I started having those conversations, it became easier to work with the clients because, number one, what had happened was the market had started going up so fast. Mm-hmm. People wanted this, but they really could afford this. And so when we had those conversations, like get what you can afford to get your investment and then use that investment to get you this. When we start having those conversations, then it, it kind of changed a lot for me, my interaction with my clients and just the whole dynamic. But I mean, it's tough times y'all. It's real estate is doggy dog. And y'all know that, especially from the investment side. I'm not going to lie to you. I wasn't cut out for the investment world, which is why I went over to the on market. <laughs> just being frank. I wasn't. It's a lot that I saw, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, I just wasn't one of those women that can just sell my soul to get a house under contract. I wasn't, you know what I'm saying? To be the winning person of an investment property. So left that alone. But um, I think a lot of it is mindset shift. You get people to change their mindset about the way that they see things and then it becomes easier or it's not as a difficult conversation and they still feel as if they came out on top.
1: I can definitely kind of speak to that because that actually happened to me. When I was originally looking for my house, I thought I was, well, I was originally going to get a duplex Well, they wouldn't let me do an FHA loan on it. So that happened. I was like, man, like you said, it's discouraging because it's like, man, I got the money. I got the credit. I got everything I need, but they just wouldn't let me do an FHA. And I wasn't going to do a conventional loan. So I wasn't going to lock up my mm-hmm. cash like that. But I happened to just find another deal. But that, like just saying, I can speak to that discouraging mindset and that I have seen so many people go through that during 2020 and 2021.
2: I,
5: and it's another thing I want to no, get into. No, I actually okay.
2: wanted to hop into the brokerage So That's,
5: that's what sure. I was going yeah, 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 That's yeah, what yeah, I, I was going like, that's I, what I was to going get with. into the
2: brokerage, man, because that was another thing about your story, Nikki, that just stood out to me so much. Y'all started with just you and your cousin. And,
3: and two other agents. And, and, oh, and two, two other
2: agents. So it was four people starting out all together. Now y'all are at over 55 agents in just under two years, two and a
3: half years? Mm-hmm. We started October 2019.
2: October 2019 to January 2022. How do you grow to 55 agents so fast?
3: Being an example.
2: Mm, That's powerful. You know
3: what I'm saying? Being an example. And let me say this. We started out as realtors Mm -hmm. that created a brokerage. We didn't start off as business owners. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So there was a lot of growing and learning to get to the points of where we are now. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? But... We there, you know. We there yeah. in, in business. You will always have some things to overcome. You will always have some learnings. You, to, that, you know. Man. You will always have process improvements and things like that. Right. You always have something new that needs to be implemented. Mm-hmm. But for a lot of us, we got our visibility. People noticed us through setting examples. Just being frank, you know, the Brighton Real Estate Group. We don't take the Brighton name lightly. It's our family name. Mm-hmm. You know. So when you do something derogatory, this and that, it's not just you doing something to the Brayden real estate group is you doing something to the Brayden family. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So we don't take it lightly. One thing, just being frank, we, our presence, you know, our brand representation in the high end market. And I'm not saying, what? What?
2: if you go on their website, y'all, you will see, cause y'all focus on luxury and new development, Correct.
3: So we sell everything. <laughs> we sell everything. A lot of people say that our brand looks luxurious, though. It does. You with
2: know? all these beautiful um, black faces. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. I was on the website
2: scrolling for days. I was like, yo,
3: yeah. it just keep going. <laughs> no, we sell everything. You know, we sell in our, in our price points. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you know, when you look at what the quote unquote or what other people see as the black brokerage, there's a lack of certain things. And we did not want to be that brokers that was also, quote, unquote, lacking.
6: Mm-hmm. You
3: know, we wanted to, you get, a, okay, let me back up. <laughs> when you see black businesses in general, and let's just have a candid conversation, what right? Uh, when you see black businesses Keep in general, on. a lot of times it's, oh, that's a black-owned business, right? Mm-hmm. And so what is the stereotype of black-owned business? You can take a little mediocre service, mm-hmm. you know.
5: They ain't going to be on time. They ain't going to be
3: on time. You know, they're not going to be on time and things like that. So we
5: Probably want
3: to.
2: Christ. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. And they don't care about feedback and all stuff. We want to change the narrative of that. That's important to us. You can still come to our black owned business and get good quality customer service, you're dealing with people that's going to be on time, you're dealing with people that care how they present themselves, you're dealing with people that care about the knowledge and being a market expert, you know, and having expertise. And again, that is what we hold near and dear to our hearts, because this is not just the Brighton Real Estate Group, this is the Brighton Family Real Estate Group, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so setting that example, being that example, we think that is what has attracted other agents to our brokerage. Now, just being funny. that was the first part, right? Now, how do we get over the curve of our offering? You know, we got, you know, other realtors look for something, right? They look for something of value. To join your brokers, you have to have something of value to give to them, right? So brokers are every block, every corner, right? So that's where we learned, like I said, we were realtors and not business owners. And we Mm -hmm. had to shift that to be business owners that add value to the people that work with you. And I always Mm -hmm. say people that work with you. I would never say people that work for you. But the people that work with you, how do you consistently add value to them? And so that's what we learned that we had to do, right, in order to bring in agents. We have a very robust new agent training program that we just implemented. It's a 12-week program. We have a new agent advisor that is hands down in the trenches with these agents every day, but they meet twice a week. But it's a full curriculum. And the feedback we've got from it has actually been overwhelming. We've had some new agents come from other brokerages, like the big box ones, and be like, I didn't know, uh, you know, I never got this at my other brokerage. You know what I'm saying? So, again, that kind of goes back to my mindset, lead with value. Mm -hmm. Always have something of value. And I'll be honest, I feel like our brand is something of value. You know, our brand and who we are, you know, kind of speaks for itself, too. But, you know, we will continue to grow because we're always looking for ways to bring value to the people that work with us.
1: If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip.
6: It was just a really long drive.
4: at participating McDonald's.
1: You said you expanded into the Dallas area. Yes. How did that happen?
3: You know what? <laughs> there was a Dallas agent that I used to work, you know, refer my deals to. And she's our Dallas manager now. But at the time, she was an agent that I would refer my deal to. And one day she came to us and she said, I like what y'all doing. I think y'all on to something great. Do you have franchise opportunities? And we're like, hmm, we Never don't. Yeah. Wow.
6: <laughs> but- <laughs> like,
0: you
3: know, no, you know, we don't. You know, we hadn't built it out to anything like that. You know, we're a great real estate group. You know, so we're like, no, we don't. But then we're like. We got an office in Dallas. You know, we can expand our reach to Dallas. You know, mm-hmm. and so that's how they came about. So the agent that was looking for franchise opportunities is now our Dallas office manager. Yeah, that's so awesome. yeah, that's so cool. basically we were kind of approached with the you know, hey, do you have opportunities to? How can I be a part of this? Right, yeah, and so awesome. I mean, I hope to have franchise opportunities <laughs> one day.
2: <laughs> hmm. So can we talk about this on camera? I know off camera you had mentioned the workings of potentially getting y'all. No, we cannot
3: we can't talk about this. We, we can't. Damn. Man, the to break the story. No, <laughs> after that, is that,
2: No. Break, a group going crazy. crazy it's
5: not a group all over. You're, it is going to go crazy though, no. dog. Like just from what y'all got is very, very amazing. I love seeing Thank you right. Thank you.
0: And that's really cool too, that like even you took that approach with it as far as with the value with the agents. Because I've heard that to be like, a common agent complaint. Like I went through training my, whatever my license and that taught me how to not go to jail or do anything right. illegal, but nobody actually taught me how to sell my real estate, how to get leads, how to do stuff like that. So how that do you makes have sense. the
3: conversation? Some people Thanks. don't even know how to have the conversation to ask the qualifying questions to see if this is the legitimate client, mm. you know, what are their immediate needs and wants? How do I, you know, like a lot of people don't even know how to do that, you know? Right. And so it's that little low level of detail that we get into because it's necessary. And it's right. frankly, cause yeah, you know, I'm a realtor. I taught myself, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I see the value. I have a coach now. So yeah. me, Jemisha and I, my cousin, the broker, we have a coach every two weeks with our coach. We go through a full curriculum and everything. I wish I would have understood or recognized the value of coaching, mentorship and training early on in life. Wow. I would be a multi-millionaire had I did.
0: And you, you know, so I hear that a lot. So like, what's that difference? Cause you already a go-getter. So it's like, what's that additional added level that like mentorship or like that extra person? Like, what does that help?
3: So for me, it's learning from other people. Like I know how to be a doggone good realtor. I right. did not know how to be a good brokerage owner. There is a mm. difference, right? Mm. And so we get coaching on brokerage ownership. That's our coaching. And just like I said, learning from people that have done this. Mm-hmm. you know, not wasting time trying to figure it out. And that's what we realized we did early on. We wasted a lot of time trying to figure it out yeah. when a lot of people already have the sauce, you know, if you pay for it. Like, <laughs> it's, it's not You
5: know, It's, it's not sold,
3: price, not you know? Yeah, it's so, exactly. It's sold, not told. You know, they have it, you know, if you pay for it, you know. And so we spend a group on our coaching, but we see the necessity of it. Mm-hmm. And it has helped us grow our business tremendously. It helped us from just being frank, being a non-profitable brokerage to a profitable brokerage. And so, had we not invested that, we probably would still be on the other side of the table.
6: <laughs>
2: Just yeah. frank. that's real. I think I heard you say this on Alex and Marlon's podcast. Shout out to Alex and Marlon, by the way. They actually helped us. Yeah, shout, this. Out yeah. <laughs> shout, out yeah. <laughs> shout out to money monopolizers. Shout out to money monopolizers. You said like people were willing to drop a small car note on college. Like you'll drop a small car note on college, and no, you'll
3: buy a car. Yep. <laughs> yeah, facts. Yeah. Yeah. You'll guy. buy a nice
1: luxury car. <laughs> yep, <laughs> yep. yep, facts. College. And.
2: You'll leave there with no guarantee of a job, no guarantee of, like, being in a better position than you were when you came.
3: A lot of student loan debt. A lot of
2: student loan debt versus, like you said, you invest into a mentor, a coach, who's actually doing what they're teaching you how versus being a professor that's just talking about the shit that the people are actually doing. So it just makes perfect sense when you think about it to learn from people that... Already doing what they do. It's
3: not rocket science. Nine out of ten of the things you want to do in life, somebody has already done. You know, unless you Elon Musk or somebody like that, you know. <laughs> well, somebody people has...
5: still build rockets.
6: Exactly. <laughs>
3: right. Exactly, right? Somebody has already done it. It's just a matter of what it's gonna cost you to get the information. That's fine. And that yeah. could be money or time. You know?
2: sure One of my favorite quotes, it pays to know how to purchase knowledge.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, it
2: definitely does. Indeed. Well,
5: Nikki, yeah, this, this has been
2: an amazing episode. I do have one last question <laughs> for us to wrap. Before we wrap, what is a personal finance tip or principle you would like to share with the audience, like something that you live
3: by? Personal finance tip or principle. So personal finance, get life insurance. I live by that. And see, people don't understand how to leverage life insurance mm-hmm. you know talk
2: about we, it let's talk
3: you know, about it i know we are we pressed for time no, no, <laughs> no but you know no people don't know how to leverage you know long-term life insurance or the mm-hmm. permanent life insurance as another form of a savings account mm-hmm. right
5: we just talk about it
3: it costs too much you say
2: mm-hmm. it's a scam and it's all, a this scam
5: old, this it costs cost much.
3: and invest
5: the difference
3: yeah get, right right get term and invest the difference but i mean get life insurance like the worst thing you can do is die without a will or life insurance.
5: Facts.
2: Because Facts. then all your assets end up in probate court.
3: Assets sit up in probate court. You leave your family with a lot of debt and heartache. I mean, I have some family friends that own a funeral home. Y'all mm-hmm. know it costs $5,000 just to dig your dirt? The, yeah. You know, just to dig yeah. the hole? That's crazy. You know, just to dig the hole. And what did it cost? $15,000 to bury you? You know, $15,000. Okay, get the life insurance. Let them take $15,000 and bury you and let them take that other half, Mm
6: -hmm. you know,
3: that other big chunk and invest it, set Mm -hmm. their children up for the future. Like whatever it is, you know what I'm saying? Like it don't cost nothing. Like it doesn't cost anything. So that's my, my one financial tip is invest in life insurance, but also learn how to leverage it for other things than just life insurance, if that makes sense, you know.
0: I know one that I got from you that I just like, I feel the need, like it's in me to highlight that I heard from you was like, don't let the 60K in that instance, stop you from the six figures. Absolutely. Cause like you articulated something that I feel like a lot of people don't talk about on a regular basis where it's like, you have that salary and you making a good salary. But like, once you really break it down numerically and get down to how much you make in a month, like how long would it take you to save up your full year salary? Absolutely. Like, just, and even being reasonable, you know what I'm saying? Factoring in, oh, fuck, a tire bus. You know, factoring in, like, oh, I had to buy this, or I needed to buy that. You know, like, once you factor in those types of things, like, I've never heard anybody articulate it like that, because a lot of people do get hung up on that. Like, they do get hung up on that, that almost, not even the false sense of security, but the fact of, like, well, shoot, I know I can pay all my bills. I know I can save this amount. I know I can do this. But until something happens.
3: Mm-hmm. Until you break your leg. Mm-hmm. you know That's real, though. Yeah, that's true. Until something happens. And that's the worst feeling. That's how I always felt. I can pay my bills and I can do this. Well, I never wanted to feel like that. I've never wanted to feel like I can pay my bills and I can do this until something happens. But what if this happened now? All my savings is gone. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, invest in disability, like invest in the various <laughs> insurance, invest in income protection. Uh-huh. You know, That's it's right. a lot of people with a lot of money out here. But as soon as something happened and yeah. they get hit with that three hundred thousand dollar chemotherapy cancer bill, they mm-hmm. did. Yep. You know what I'm saying?
0: Let you had to go to the ambulance one time.
3: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Invest exactly. In your income protection, like put money paid. Long term disability, you know, life insurance, invest in those things, mm-hmm. you know, invest in those things because it's not a matter of if you're gonna need it, it's when do you need
5: it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. So, Powerful way to end now. Jim. Yeah. So, Nikki. <laughs>
2: We have to ask, how can the people find you on social media? Uh, if they, they want to
6: buy a house. If they, they want to buy a house, how they get a the Exactly. <laughs> like the brokerage, okay. all so, of them.
5: Yeah, no, Where
0: do I find so, my new realtor Because I need some help buying a house.
5: <laughs> <laughs> so
3: my social media platforms, my name on Instagram is at Mrs. M-R-S-N-I-K-H-I Handy. Um, also, you can look me up as Nicole Handy Realtor on Facebook. I do have a YouTube page. It doesn't have a lot of videos on it, but it has all my contact information on it. It's mm-hmm. called Living in Houston. Also, you know, to learn more information about my brokers, you can go to www.braidenregroup.com or just simply Google Braiden Real Estate Group. Interested in joining Braiden Real Estate Group? There's a nice button on there that says, I mean, there's a nice careers button on there. Click that, drop us your information, fill out the application, and we will get back to you. All of my contact information is all over my social media. Just click the contact button. You can find me.
2: Awesome. man! Well, Nicole, this has been an amazing, amazing episode. Yeah. I'm so glad that we got to get this together. Thank you. Really, thank like, y'all for having dive me. Dive into get, you let us get nosy into your life and <laughs> learn some great things about real estate. This has been an awesome episode. Thank you. Awesome. Really quick before we hop out, we're going to hop into a couple house cleaning items. As always, thank you for listening to the Blackwell Renaissance podcast. Y'all know we love and appreciate y'all. Jalen, Jared, Kelly, what y'all got for them?
5: Man, I just want y'all to keep on rocking with
2: us. Y'all check out our
5: digital products. Y'all check out the BWR Academy where you can get weekly classes. You can get accountability. You can get budgeting. And you can learn different business and investing tactics. So y'all join that. BWRAcademy.com. That's where you should go to.
1: i just say, Cobb, the investing course, man. Hey, we've got plenty of digital real estate, digital courses for you, whether it's personal finance, whether it's buying stocks, whether it's crypto. Everything. So go ahead and just cop that. Uh, Well, I just
0: want to give a major shout out. Number one to one of our sponsors, our water sponsor, Aspire Pure. I also want to formally open the floor and let people know that our podcast is going to be taking on sponsors. So if you would like to be a sponsor on the Black Wealth Renaissance podcast, if you feel like your product, your service, your whatever would fit for the audience and the dope conversations that we have, please, please check out the information in the show notes. There's going to be a link there for you to go ahead and submit your information as well so we can get back to you and get in contact about those sponsorships. So be sure to reach out. All right.
2: So last thing, y'all, make sure y'all leave us that five star rating and review. It helps us continue to grow the show and help people find this great message.
4: <clears throat> Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's 2 for 6. For a limited time, price and participation may vary at US Wendy's. On the card only, single item at regular price. I switched to Boost Mobile and got a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone. Want to know the best part? Uh, it was free? Nope. The fact that it's on America's largest 5G networks? Nope. It's the ding. Oh, yeah. Love the ding. Right? It's all about the ding. It's the dingarooski, the dingarona, the ring a ding ding. Unleash your power to save with Boost. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone when you switch. Boost Mobile. Unleash your power. And the ding! Limited time offer. New customers only. Available on select networks. 5G not available everywhere. One device per line. Tax excluded. Additional restrictions apply. See your local Boost Mobile store for details.
2: Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.